Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Bulls on Tap. I am your boy Buzz, and I'm joined by my guy Goose, aka Bulls Scripted. And we are here after a 109-89 Chicago Bulls victory over the Detroit Pistons. It feels good to get back in the win column. Goose, you weren't with me last time because I was having some technical difficulties, but we are back, and you're back for a dub. How are we feeling? I mean, I pulled out. The gin and goose for tonight, so I'm starting to feel like I might have to drink on work nights. Cause no, no. <laughs> when I when I bring out the gin, we just fucking win. Uh, so uh, I don't know. The, the, the gin equals a win, huh? The, the gin equals a win. Tanqueray does not equal tanking today. God, that's fantastic. So it seems like you're going to have to become that guy that drinks during the work week just to get the Chicago Bulls a W. So thank you, Bulls. Look what you've done. Ah, man. I was on the straight edge for a while. (laughs) But I guess we're going to have to go back to the dark side until the W's go away. Yeah, nothing wrong with the dark side. So the Bulls win this one, 109-89. And Lowry Markinen has his best game of the year besides the first game of the year. So we're just going to get right into that. What did you think about Lowry's play tonight, man? Like, I mean, what is this a sign of, of good things to come? Or, I mean, was this just kind of, you know, eh, he played Detroit and it is what it is? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both, personally. Um, I think it's kind of odd that Zach Levine had such a shit night and we got a W. Maybe there's some correlation there. I don't know. But at the end of the night, Lowry got off to a hot start, had a three-pointer, touched the sky, and come back down with a kiss of the gods and touched the bottom of the net. And from there on out, we were kind of golden. I don't know. I, I hope it's a positive trend. Hopefully they continue to get Lowry involved early, and maybe we see positive things. Right. I mean, I, it seemed like in the beginning, because Lowry had seven first-quarter points right off the bat. He started off with seven here off of three, and all seven of his uh, points in that first quarter came off of three assists from Tomas Sadoransky. Um, Lowry hit the three, I believe the one that you were alluding to, that kissed the sky, He had uh, and two dunks um, in that first quarter. I liked what I saw out of Lowry. He was running the floor. He was trying to get there. Uh, he wasn't just trying to force threes. Again, I, I, I do feel that, you know, I'd like to get him even more opportunities with the ball, but I'll take the 14 shots and him shooting 50% from the field tonight is uh is everything that I could have hoped for, honestly. I mean, we just we, he needed a big game like this for his confidence, and obviously he helped uh, – you know, bring on a dub. I, I thought that he was going to get a little bit more slack there, Goose, against Blake Griffin, but he does not look right. And I, I Stacy and uh, Neil alluded to it all, um, all game that something was wrong, like not looking right with Blake Griffin. But hey, Lowry capitalized and made Blake Griffin pay, so I'll take it. See, no, I mean, and I can concur. 
Blake Griffin was definitely passing out of a lot of shot attempts that he would usually take, but I also felt there was a couple plays where Lowry might have taken a charge from Blake and it went the other way. So, you know, uh, Lowry held his own, regardless of whether Blake was 100% or not. I really don't give a shit. We got the W. <laughs> we won by 20 points. Um, I did lose $5. I guess that might be another trend. I might have to bet against the Bulls to lose. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. No, at halftime, I was sitting there. I was like, oh, 13 points, $5 bet. Bring in 30 bucks. Yeah, Bulls like to fuck shit up, so why not? Yeah, so, you know, uh, I'm not. I'm not disappointed in you, buddy. I probably would have done that too, but I, I, I ended up not. But hey, definitely man, not mad. If, if I have to bet five dollars against the Bulls every game and it means a W, bring it on. I'll, I'll take the hit every night. Yeah, absolutely. So we're gonna get into another big here, man. We're gonna get into another big. We're gonna get into Wendell Carter Jr. outplaying Andre Drummond tonight, and that just feels good to say. Because Andre Drummond, as we know, is a beast on the boards. He usually gives the Bulls fits every time we play him. He was kept in check tonight. Finishing with 6 points on 3 of 10 shooting. And he had 6 points, 4 assists, and 14 boards. 12 and defensive boards. And he fouled boards. out. Yeah, he fouled and out. He fouled out. Not yep. Wendell Carter. How the shit does that happen? Oh, no shit, dude. There was... That ticky-tack foul to start the game in the first half that Wendell got. And I was like... Shit, here we go. Oh, you're talking about that foul that was in transition. Yeah, absolutely, in the first yeah, quarter. That, yeah, it was absolutely that, absolutely that ridiculous. Horrible illegal screen call at the beginning of the game, and I was like, ah, oh, here we go again. Wendell's going to get in foul trouble, and it's going to minimize his impact. But, you know, I think Wendell Carter Jr. is going to become a fan favorite rather quickly. Oh, he certainly, he's certainly getting there already. He finishes with 12 tonight. Uh, one block, one steal, one assist, and 15 rebounds, five of which were offensive boards. In which, at least with the stat they showed tonight, he is in the top four. So, and he's only 10 behind Drummond. That's that's an interesting kind of, you know, thing that's going on here. We got uh, Wendell Carter Jr., Attacking the offensive boards, living right, double-double machine. Um, and personally, uh, maybe it's the homer in me, but I think he brings a lot more to the table in terms of versatility compared to a Drummond type of player. Oh, yeah, I think that Wendell, I mean, obviously, um, you know, Wendell is not as near as I don't think the freakish kind of athlete that uh, Andre Drummond is, but he's still a freak, but... He could shoot a little bit, buddy. He could hit the free throws at a decent clip. He can step out and hit eighteen footer on a decent, you know, at a at a decent clip here. Wendell is definitely more versatile than Andre Drummond right now. I'll say it absolutely. And I I love the fact that we have somebody that can combat him as Wendell's getting or, older, you know, and maturing through this league. Drummond's gonna have older. a lot of fits. Older, the man can't even buy his own beer yet, and he's taking people down that are all-stars. So right. that's a good sign for Bulls Nation. Um, I don't know. Hop aboard the Wendell Carter train. Um, I know a lot of people wanted Michael Porter Jr. that night. 
think we might even have started a chant. Oh, we were definitely screaming MPJ the whole time. I'm not gonna lie to anybody. You know, I thought that was I thought that was a good pick. I still think that might be a good pick. I mean, we'll see what happens, but you know, I, I like Wendell Carter Jr. I'm happy with him. I'm not upset by the pick. See, I, I was glad to see Wendell and Lowry share the floor a lot more tonight than I feel we've seen in past games. Maybe that's just me being a little skeptical of Jimbo's rotations, but I do think seeing Lowry and Wendell on the floor together is a good sign. Obviously, the initial idea behind drafting Wendell was to pair Lowry Markman with a great duo um, that would protect his defensive liabilities. And we, we saw Lowry attack the defensive end, obviously, against it hindered Blake tonight, but I think he was a little more aggressive on that end tonight as well. Right, right. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Let's get into. Uh, I, I, I had a tweet about this guy, Shaq Harrison, getting the start at the three. He comes out has a team best in the plus minus plus twenty nine, fifteen points, one block, three steals, five assists, eleven rebounds. For Shaq Harrison on seven to twelve shooting, uh, Duke, so so wait, Duke you came mean, to play? You, you mean back to back games? We've now had Daniel Gafford, who was right in the back end of the bench, put up a monster game, and then we have Shaq Harrison, who uh, probably is better fit to play the small forward position. Granted, I wasn't too thrilled about the starting announcement, but you, you mean Shaq can play both ends of the floor? And he actually hit a three-pointer, and, you know, maybe, maybe, just maybe, should have been playing over Archie to begin with. I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know either, man, because Archie played, well, we're going to get into him, too. I know you love him, and I know we have a couple loyal listeners to this show that are definitely huge <laughs> Archie stands, so we'll get into him in a second. But I'm not going to lie, dude, I, I, I still am convinced that like, if you have Shaq Harrison in your starting lineup, you're probably not that great of a basketball team. And it's not a knock on Shaq Harrison. It's not. I, I don't mean it to be. But we know, we know what the talent level we need is to compete in this in, in this league, and that just ain't it, Coach. But I will say that maybe it is a turnaround. Maybe he's going to prove me wrong. I mean, the guy did grow, like, what, four inches this year? No, that, that ended up coming out to be a farce. I think they mixed him up with Chandler Hutchison during the measuring I, session. I remember, he was six two or six three, and then he went to six seven. Remember, like so. Yeah, oh, yeah, that you was, know, that was beautiful for all of like two hours. I was all sorts of excited. Like, what? Shaq Harrison is not a guard. He's potentially a forward. Fucking ate some magic now. beans or some shit, dude. I mean, what the fuck? Yeah. So, no, but either way, Shaq showed out tonight, and um, it's curious to see how Jimbo does his rotations. <laughs> Not that they've been pretty to start the season, but Otto Porter's supposed to be reevaluated in two weeks with the bone bruise in his foot, which is kind of irritating. You're making $27 million a year, and you got a bone bruise in your foot that's keeping you out for a month. But, um... I think OPJ was sick of the bullshit. Dude, dude constantly battles injuries, man. I mean, this is something that we knew when he when he got traded here. That the the potential of him 
you know, the potential of him staying healthy and playing with our starting lineup within the within the young core of this team was definitely it. It still is. It's definitely something that you liked. You would want to see, but well, guy, ba- he really killed injury. me this season, man. Dude, yeah, he hasn't he did, hasn't looked good, Coach. I mean, he's look you know he's looked pretty fucking shitty. Honestly, no, he's, he's had a couple good first quarters, or it's like, all right, Otto's ready to play now. He's working through his off season fatigue. And I just, oh, man. Well, he better watch his goddamn back because if Shaq Harrison keeps doing shit like this, then he ain't, he ain't Shaq coming back. for the Max and <laughs> Funk called him Shaquille O'Neal at the <laughs> end of the game. Oh, <laughs> it was funny Funk, because when he made the three-pointer, I literally tweeted out, that's an oxymoron, Shaq for three. <laughs> um, so, no, I mean, hopefully... I don't know what Jim's going to do. Like, his rotations are so whack to begin with tonight. Even, obviously, we had a big lead. But, you know, the starters didn't play that much more than the bench. So, Jim's pretty intent on building up the bench. And maybe that proves dividends at the end of the season. Dude, um, dude the, high, the, the highest person with minutes on this, start, uh, on this team was 33 with Wendell Carter. When you literally look at it, it's not that... <laughs> It's not that bad. Load, you know, the load management. He's not. He's not tipping. Oh, yeah. well, out we're here. load managing for the playoffs that we might not ever fucking see. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. I guess that's my problem with this point of the season. Is I look at the box score and we're losing games, and you have starters that aren't even playing thirty minutes. Yeah, a hundred percent. I get it. Bench is doing good. Ride them. But don't ride them so long that the starters forget who they are. Like, oh, shit. I know we got the W tonight. I'm reminiscing on the rest of the season. I apologize for getting off track. But <laughs> Jimbo's a- rotations kind of scare me. Like, we got a W. And now I don't know what the fuck Jim's going to do going on from here out. He might just play Shaq 48 minutes. I don't fucking know. Oh, you know, I liked his, I liked his grit. I liked his heart. He plays football. I he like played that. football. He runs in there. He gets he gets careless in the paint, and he lowers his shoulder and knocks people over, and that's something that we really like here in the Chicago Bulls organization. Well, we really like to see guys that just want to kick ass and take names and don't care about fouls. Um, that was or... my Jim Boylan impression. <laughs> I've been working on it. <laughs> nah, I think and that's, that's funny. Last year we would have had to say spirit about five times to quote Jim Boylan, and at this point it's just like, Everything that comes out of your mouth, man, I just... I'm going to fucking throw a roundhouse kick. Just just take a sock and just chew on it. <laughs> this shit. Like, I, oh, That's man, going dude. in the fucking header for this episode on, on Twitter. No, man, I it. feel like a hypocrite. Like, he fooled us going into the training camp and everything. Like, it's all right. Team's buying in. They're all about Jim. His corny ass is not hindering the team. And See, that's the don't... blindness, though. That's the blindness. And I, I've dealt with it with the Bears. I've dealt with it with the Sox. I, I mean, it just happens. It's part of being a Chicago fan. You know, you go to these things. And what, like, what was the first thing when we were driving to the United Center? And I was telling you about the, you know, when we got to do the Q&A, we got to ask Jim a couple questions uh, when I went with, with Juice before. And then we got to sit there and get a picture with him and everything like that and talk and bullshit. Then we go to the open practice, and he's just 
spewing off like, ah, I believe in this team's energy and spirit, and I believe in this, and we're just sitting there, yeah, energy and spirit. G- G- Jim's on the mic telling us the team's going to play hard, they're going to shoot more threes, and they were shooting more threes, we are shooting more threes, we're just not fucking making them, and I don't know, God, I don't know what to think of this coach. Uh, got real dark so real quick gotta- here. <laughs> We got a 20-point W, and I'm talking about firing the coach still because it's just <laughs> <man> fucking ridiculous. <laughs> oh, God. All right, we'll get back on track here. Uh, Zach Levine tonight, 2 for 11, 1 for 3 from downtown. Uh, oh, man. Three boards, four assists, two turnovers, uh, five points, and he was a plus 11 and a plus minus. Uh, Zach obviously struggled offensively tonight. Um, it just seems like we can't get a game where him and Lowry play well together and it's starting to become a little bit discouraging, but I was glad that he still tried to, you know, use his playmaking ability. He was swinging the ball a lot. Like, I think he, um, I think he did all right doing that. It just, I'm like clamoring for a fucking Lowry market and Zach Levine game where they both go off. And unfortunately we haven't seen it yet, but. Kudos to Zach for keeping his head up, and you know, in the in the twenty eight minutes he did get trying to play effective basketball. I'll give him that. So no, and that's that's the takeaway I take from the night is you look at Zach's stat line and you see his points, and you're like, fuck. But at the same time, Zach was moving the ball quite a bit tonight. Uh, didn't stick in his hand too much. We did see Lowry get off and. As much as that's a negative to this point of the season where we haven't seen both of them have a great game at the same time, is that also not somewhat, you know, a little comforting? The fact that we're sucking, obviously, the fact that they're not playing well together sucks, but once they figure out this new offensive equal opportunity system, maybe we get a couple games where they both go off. Maybe yeah, we I, I've thought that too. I've thought that too, but I mean, I, I just don't want to hold my breath, you know? And, and the other thing that I do want to point out tonight is outside of Chris Dunn guarding Derrick Rose, we did see Zach Levine kind of take that initiative a couple of times. And I know Zach's defense is the biggest thing. He was a plus 11 tonight with shitty shooting, which is kind of, you know, an anomaly when it comes to Zach Levine, because if he has a poor offensive night, usually you look at the box score and he's a negative. So I I don't know what to make of the correlation. Zach has a bad offensive night. The Bulls win by twenty points. Um I don't I don't want to turn into Ron here because I am a pretty big Zach advocate. I I just I can't bite the bullet on somebody that is so gifted at everything that comes to basketball being a bad basketball player. And there are nights where, yeah, Zach's decision-making might cost the Bulls games. But I do think, regardless of all the negative press that's coming at Zach right about now, that he's he's got it in the tank. At the end of the day, you don't have more athletic offensive player or a tougher shot-making player than Zach when being around the league. So, yeah, the only nice thing I see I... him, I see him struggling quite often finishing at the rim this year. Um, and especially tonight, I know that you. I mean, he made a couple million-dollar moves to get to the rim, but just not finishing with layups. Um, 
I just he needs to get more polished, and and that's all it is. The athletic, the athleticism is there. The shot, we we know for the most part. I know he didn't shoot great tonight, but he's shooting like thirty six percent from downtown on a high volume of shots. You know, we well, know, no, and it's not like he's taking easy threes either. Right. They're like step backs in your face, leaning over the top of me, and that's that's what's so hard for me to grasp with Zach. Is it's like when he has an easy shot, he chokes. Right, and even though well, I, with, when he's got somebody draped on him, he gets nothing with the bottom of the net. So it, it's craziness. I don't know how to read it. It's all got to be in his mind. But uh, getting into just a couple team stats real quick, the Bulls win. You like we said by twenty points, and even with Zach shooting bad, dude, the Bulls shot fifty-one point nine percent from downtown and fourteen to twenty-seven from downtown tonight. That's huge. That's absolutely huge. If Zach was clicking on all cylinders, it would have been even worse for the Detroit Pistons. That's for damn sure. Then move into this bench. Not going to stay too long on it because we're already 20 minutes into our alternative post-game show here. But uh, your boy, Ryan Archie Diacono, hits a couple big threes tonight. A couple big threes tonight and a nice little layup there. He finishes with nine and a plus seven in the plus-minus. Thad Young, want to bring him up real quick. A lot of questionable decisions I've been seeing from Thad Young lately, not playing like a veteran, playing like a guy who doesn't know what he's doing on a basketball court with the turnovers. But, alas, he finishes with a plus one. Nine points for Thad, two boards, four for 12 shooting. Wish he can, uh, we got to get him getting, uh, getting going a little bit more off the bench. Uh, our guy, KD. Hard defensive uh, assignment for him guarding Derrick Rose yet again, but he finishes a plus three, six points, five assists off the bench for our good friend Chris Dunn. Let's get into our rookies. Before the game even starts, a report comes out from Darnell Mayberry and then followed up by Casey Johnson that Kobe White twisted his ankle. I was automatically nervous because in a lost season, as you know, my friend, what do we watch for? We watch for the young talent to see who's going to improve throughout the season. See what they could do. Excited to watch the rookies play. I got very, very nervous. Did not want to lose another key player to the rotation, but thank God Kobe White did play. Just twisted his ankle, hampered a little bit, came out tonight, had nine points, all in the first half. I believe, or I'm sorry, he had uh, 12 points, uh, nine of it coming in the first half. Um, but fun fact, him and Daniel Gafford were the only Bulls players to finish uh, negative in the plus-minus with uh, Daniel Gafford going minus one and Kobe White minus three. But other than that, Kobe hit a couple big shots to get us going when we were, uh, when Detroit came roaring back. What did you think about the bench in general's game? See, I felt Kobe definitely hit a couple of those shots that kind of stopped the changing of the momentum in the game, which is obviously huge. It saves you from calling unnecessary timeouts, which Jim loves to do. And I know I've been dubbed this Archie hater, and he's shooting 50% from three-point on the season. But man, if, if you're sitting in the corner wide open, like you're sitting in the gym by yourself, you got to hit those motherfuckers. So, like, like that's, that's my thing with Archie. Like, I get it. His plus-minus stats are glorious. His assist-to-turnover ratio is glorious. And he plays the right way, and there's no doubt about that. But, yeah, when you're sitting in a corner wide open, you better hit the shot. So, for me, I, uh, I'm i going to ride this ship to the end. But I'm just – I'm not on the Archie Diacono boat. I think his greatest talent is being constantly underestimated. 
Um, and opponents just don't respect him. And in turn, he gets great looks. Uh, he gets a lot of space, which allows him to create. He's averaging two assists on the season. And in the limited amount of time that he plays, except on nights that Jim feels extra frisky, um, you know, he is producing. He's coming through. He's he's top, dude. He's top 10 in three-point percentage. After Actually, after tonight's game, he's probably top six. Well, I wish the rest of the league got wide open looks like Archie all night. <laughs> do, you know who, do you know who's number one? Do I want to know? Is it another asinine name that shouldn't be up there at <laughs> it's all? It's Myers Leonard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you got another half-ass white boy <laughs> who should not be on the top charts in any category, but apparently fucking marksman. <laughs> like, I, it's fucking amazing. No, it's it's literally it's it's a product of the disrespect that they get on the floor that they're seeing these shots, and I mean. I'm going to live with it because Archie's producing right now. And he, I've always said he's a great reserve player, but I just I don't get the love. Then again, he guarded Giannis, and I felt like he gave Giannis more of a fit than any small forward or power forward we had. So I don't, I don't know. That's because um, of his spirit and his toughness. It's his, his spirit and his grit just emanates yes. above the extra six inches that he can't reach. <laughs> Knock shit out of the air. I don't know. I, like I said, I know Archie plays the right way. He's somebody that I do believe is a roster spot, but I just... Like, the stats, the advanced analytics, they they kill me. He's, he's in the MVP running. He's, he's literally... He's <laughs> going to get MIP this year from the G League, Windy City Bulls, to... Uh, Leading the league in three-point percentage because nobody wants to fucking He's going to be in the fucking three-point contest in Chicago this year. Ryan Archie Diacono, bitch. That's what I'm talking about. Ryan Archie Diacono taking down Steph Curry. Oh, wait, he's probably not going to shoot. So he's going to take down Seth Curry. Let's fucking go. Let's go. Oh, that's all I got for tonight's game, my friend. We <laughs> love the Bulls win. You got anything else to add? Hey, uh, schedule looks... Somewhat friendly the next four or five games. So uh, here comes the turnaround. Hey, yeah, shit. I don't know if I want to turn around or I just want Jim gone. But hey, uh, we'll ride through it because we love the Bulls and we love you. Stick with us. Absolutely. The next game is on Friday at 7 p.m. at the United Center. It's Bulls Heat. That is Friday. Jimmy Butler coming back into Chicago. Shaq Harrison shutting them down. All day, dude. All fucking day. Shaq Harrison, I'm telling you what, he shuts down Jimmy Butler and he outscores Jimmy Butler. I will go get a Shaq Harrison jersey. Got to hear that right here, right now. But thank you all for joining us here tonight. Be sure to go to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter here at Bulls on Tap, sharing the shit out of this podcast anywhere you can. Following at ONTAP Sportsnet, following me at Buzz on Tap, and follow my dude Goose at Bulls Scripted. We will be back after Friday night's game against the Miami Heat. Let's go, Bulls. Chicago, Chicago, my city.